0: This is Gulf Coast Life Arts Edition from WGCU. I'm John Davis. Thanks for joining us. Today, we're listening back to our episode from this past fall featuring music performed live in studio by award-winning veteran blues, roots, and folk singer-songwriter and guitarist John Shane. Shane's style blends Piedmont blues, finger-style guitar, bluegrass, swing, and ragtime. He's released 10 solo studio albums and has performed in nearly 50 other ensemble music projects and other recording appearances. He's opened shows for names like John Hyatt, Kebmo, and Little Feet, among others. In addition to touring and performing all over the country and beyond, Shane also runs his own recording operation called Good Luck Studio in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. He's a multi-award winning musician. He won North Carolina's Indie Award for Best Folk Act in 2006. He won the Triangle Blues Society's Blues Challenge in both 2008 and 2018, and he was the International Blues Challenge winner in the Solo Duo category in 2019. John Shane joined us in studio this past September ahead of a concert he gave in the Americana Community Music Association listening room at All Faiths Unitarian Congregation in Fort Myers. Let's listen. John Shane, welcome to Gulf Coast Live Arts Edition. Thank you so much for having me. And to engage with us and your fellow listeners about this conversation or any of our shows, find us on Facebook at WGCU Public Media. On Twitter, we're at WGCU using the hashtag GCL. So, John, before we get into the conversation, I always like to try and kick things off with a song. So um, tell us what we're going to hear and maybe just tell us a little bit about it by way of introduction.
1: Well. Earlier uh, this summer, I put out my first book, actually. So I'm like an author now, right? Applause, applause. (laughs) (laughs) Now, um, several years ago, I was asked to do a concert where I would play the songs of W.C. Handy. It was a series where they were doing uh, classic American songwriters and composers and – So when the guy asked me, I said, well, you know, W.C. Handy didn't play the guitar, right? He said, yeah, I figured you could figure that stuff out. Oh, gosh. And so I ended up doing a whole concert of W.C. Handy's material, which, as you probably know, is mostly ragtime piano and big jazz orchestras and some of the great vocalists of his day. And um, I figured I put all that work in. Let's put out an album. So I put out the album, which got picked up on XM Sirius and stuff like that, and eventually I just decided to do a music book. And I put my transcriptions out there, and it's called Getting Handy with the Blues, and it was was published on Mel Bay, which is awesome because that's where I learned to play the guitar uh, with a Mel Bay instructional book.
0: Oh, all right. All so, right.
1: I figure I'll do one of those tunes first, uh, just to give you a, a little taste. And if you if you want to learn how to play it, you just get the book, right? All right. <laughs> this is his most famous tune. It's called the St. Louis Blues. And as I like to say, someday I hope to also write a song that they name a hockey team for. Yes. <laughs> To see the evening sun go down, yes, I hate to see the evening sun go down cause my baby she done left this town and if I feel tomorrow like I do today if I feel tomorrow. Like I could do today. I pack my bags, I make my getaway. St. Louis woman with her diamond rings. She pulls men around by her apron strings. If it weren't for powder and for store bought hair. All the men around, they wouldn't go nowhere, nowhere. I got the St. Louis blues just as blue as I can be. And the girl's got a heart like a rock thrown in the sea. Now she's gone so far from me. a schoolboy loves his pie I love that girl like a schoolboy loves his pie I love that girl until the day I die St. Louis woman with her diamond ring she pulls men around store-bought hair All the men around They wouldn't go like a schoolboy love his pie I love that girl like a schoolboy love his pie I love that girl until the day I die
0: Alright, and that was singer-songwriter John Shane performing St. Louis Blues here on the WGCU studios. Stay tuned for more from John throughout today's show. So I know that when you were younger, John, and you you played in bands like in high school, Mm -hmm. it was maybe more like rock style. Definitely. (laughs) Was going to Duke kind of whenever you got your first introductions to, you know, the greats of blues like W.C. Handy?
1: Yeah. Well, I probably didn't know W.C. Handy for quite a while. (laughs) But, you know, I knew people like B.B. King and things like that in high school, mostly the electric blues, Muddy Waters, B.B. King, Buddy Guy. Mm -hmm. I think I saw B.B. King when I was in high school. Um, But... uh, you know, when I got to North Carolina, I went to school at Duke, and was this is the mid '80s, um, which makes me uh, quite an old fart, I guess. But <laughs> the the um, there were still uh, musicians who were you know in their '60s and '70s and things who had been a uh, part of the wave of, of blues music. Um, uh, people like Big Boy Henry. He he was from Beaufort, North Carolina, and he used to uh, come around to play like little bars in Chapel Hill and in Durham and things. And he had played uh, with Brownie McGee and Sonny Terry back in like the 1930s and things like that. And um, a lot of these guys, they they weren't uh, famous outside of the area, you know. Um, one thing that a lot of people don't really think about very often is that most of the blues players who did get famous in the 20s and 30s were handicapped musicians. You know, these were people who were blind or had a peg leg or a stump foot or things like that. And music was the only way that they could make a living, really. So um, in North Carolina, we you know, we met these wonderful musicians who they just never really had the, the career outside of uh, the state because they were not handicapped and they worked jobs
0: yeah wow you
1: know so like big boy henry was a minister and also worked on the menhaden uh fishing boats too like i mean they had just these incredible full lives and um they gave a lot of time and of their hearts and souls to us you know kids that i was in college and not from the south you know but they were nothing but encouraging
0: Yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting. You went to Duke and and you did spend some time with their jazz program, but you majored in American history. Yes. (laughs) uh, Particularly with a concentration in Southern history. Yeah. um, Also English, religions. How perhaps did did those academic concentrations maybe make you a better musician?
1: Uh, I'm sure my parents would like to know. (laughs) You know, it was interesting. I always felt that history and the folk music that I was interested in went hand in hand. And when I was a senior in college, I tried to get involved with a uh, film that was being made on some music from our North Carolina area. And I could not find for the life of me a history professor who would take me on as a independent study. And um, I had one guy who literally said, why don't you just play the music? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and I eventually I thought, you know, I guess I will. If if I'm not going to be an academic, then I, you know. Uh, but funny thing is here it is how many years later, 30 years later. And I recently was asked by the Library of Congress to do an essay for their um, online collection of historically and cultural um, important records. And so they had me do an essay. Uh, like a historical essay on the W.C. Handy song Memphis Blues um, that was recorded in 1914. It was known, uh, um, you know, you can argue these things, but known as the earliest recorded blues song. And... um, so I, I – as soon as I did that, I was like – called my mom. Hey, look. I'm a historian after all. There's your answer. There's the answer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was worth the price of a Duke education,
0: right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, let's go ahead and hear our second tune for me today. Yeah,
1: sure. Um, I've got a song I'm going to do here if this thing is in tune. This is uh, – I'm going to play you know a couple songs off of the latest record that I have put out. And um, I've been – the last few albums have been uh, duet recordings with F.J. Ventry, who's my buddy and partner. We have been playing music together since we were in high school. Yeah,
0: he's, I was really shocked when I read that. Yeah,
1: he's a great upright bass player and he owns that studio in, in Chapel Hill too. And uh, he's a great engineer. And uh, we wrote a bunch of songs during the pandemic Mm -hmm. and put it out because we weren't going to wait anyway. And uh, Mm -hmm. this one's called Wood Smoke. And I think it kind of speaks to the uh, feeling of uh, the loneliness of those early days of the pandemic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. with you Out somewhere in the big sky night Watching satellites pass each other by Neath a thousand million winking lights past the bottle the bottle round How did we ever end up here? I got a little something in my eye It always happens when the sparks begin to fly There's a glowing in the cinders and the fire will soon Must be the wood smoke gone to my head. Pass the bottle, pass the bottle round. How did we? I'd give to hear that fiddle now.
0: That was Wood Smoke by John Shane, our in-studio guest today. That's from his latest album. Oh, that just makes me nostalgic for, like, every campfire music circle at every, uh, like, Americana <laughs> festival I've ever been to, because that's what it's really all about. Oh, thank you for that. Thanks, um yeah,
1: sure. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I, I,
0: I, I wanted to talk to you about your particular interest in the, you know, the Piedmont blues or East Coast blues genre. That's um, what uh, Roy Book- Bookbinder calls it, East Coast, because
1: okay. <laughs> he lives in Florida instead of up in the Piedmont. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> you know, yeah. Mm. Um yeah people can can be very serious about things and you know like I I know a bunch of people who call it um Travis picking right okay. like and and to me that and Piedmont blues it's the same thing it's it's an alternating thumb style of picking you know very influenced by ragtime um is it like an older form of blues or or Well in- you know that's a hard question because I, I actually I think it's a more modern kind of blues than what you would think of as Mississippi style. Um, it really, for me, um, here, here's how I kind of separate them in my mind. You know, like I think of blues as as originally being a vocal form only, you know, like where people are that it was originated, um, you know, coming coming over from West Africa, but also um, in the fields where people would. Oh, and they would sing with this, you know, uh, what we think of as a minor pentatonic scale. And um, they would they would sing like that. And this is before people really, you know, these folks were enslaved. They did not have guitars and things like that to work with. Um, And so when we listen to like the Delta blues, we hear much more stuff like that, especially where they'll pick up the slide like, you know, such as. And they'll play and sing the line at the same time, Mm -hmm. right? Um, But that stuff did not really get recorded, uh, I think, until after some of the more like ragtime stuff. Because the ragtime stuff was a popular form of music, what, 1890s or Mm -hmm. something like that? Scott Joplin and people like that. And then um, certainly W.C. Handy's original stuff didn't sound like the Delta Blues at all, you know? And so then, some of the people who who really got popular playing this um, kind of jumping finger style Piedmont blues, uh, people like um, Blind Boy Fuller from who was from Durham, actually where I'm from, and um, you know, and there's folks that were a little bit uh, prior to that that weren't necessarily living in our. P- what we call the Piedmont area, people like Blind Blake, mm. things like that. But they were really trying to do with the guitar what the piano could do, you know, kind of uh, thinking of your thumb like the left hand and your fingers as the right hand.
0: All right, so, so a very different style of learning to play. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, mm. my first introduction to it really was hearing Jorma Kalkinen uh, from Hot Tuna and Jefferson Airplane. Okay, um, his first solo album, Qua. Um, somebody gave it to me when I was in high school. And I thought, that doesn't sound like James Taylor. You know, it was like a different kind of way of picking. And uh, I immediately just set out to try to learn how to do it.
0: All right. Well, you're listening to The Blues and History Hour with John yeah, Schoen. It's right, right. a brand new show. We're li- No, I'm kidding. But this is great conversation. I am... Um, I'm really curious about your approach to songwriting. I was um, listening to a, a podcast interview you'd done years ago on your album, Ordinary Cats. Oh, and,
1: wow. That is a few years back. Yeah.
0: Well, you, you had said in that interview that the, the title track kind of set the tone for the whole album and that it was kind of built on that. And I'm wondering if that's reflective of of your broader approach or if that was kind of unique to that project?
1: You know, that's a good question. I think every record that I've done has started and ended differently from each other. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's hard to talk about it with any kind of distance, really, because it's like, me they're all they all sound like me right mm-hmm. that's the way i think of it but we use different instruments and on the records and different you know we use different drummers at different times and some things that have very little drums and then some things that uh, are fuller production you know um so this this latest album that we put out fj and i were writing these songs and we thought you know who would be great on playing on this stuff would be dave maddox and he, he's a very famous drummer from England. Um, and it's a long story, probably longer than we have time here for. But uh, Dave produced two of my albums about 20 years ago. Um, he moved to Marblehead, Massachusetts and happened to move in next door to one of my parents' friends. So that's how I met the guy. And, um, but he's a brilliant musician. And so we said, well, why don't we just ask him during this pandemic if he could actually play the drums on the record? We'll just send him the tracks. And he put all the tracks on afterwards. And so then, of course, having this fantastic drummer on, I think F.J. redid his bass parts to make it sound better with (laughs) it. So, you know, I mean, you never know what you're going to shape it around. Right. Um, He's just got a way of playing the drums that's very artistic. You know, he's played with everybody. I mean, from he was in Jethro Tull for a while. He was, you know, he played with Richard Thompson and Nick Drake and he was – in Fairport Convention. And he's played with Paul McCartney and Elton John. And, you know, it's just like the list goes on. So we just try to soak up our relationship with him. And learn how to – we've learned how to produce records ourselves by working with him. Excellent.
0: Excellent. Well, I'm I'm going to take us back to Duke here for a minute. Okay. Yeah. Um, I know your first mentor was uh, Mark Slewfoot McLaughlin. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Tell me a little (laughs) about about Slewfoot and maybe how that mentorship has continued to influence. Yeah. You've done some good digging
1: here. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So Slewfoot – yeah, he was also known as Mickey. When I met Slewfoot, he was probably 36 years old when I was like 19 – And I thought he was an old man. (laughs) (laughs) Part of that had to do (laughs) with his – well, he had a heroin uh, problem. (laughs) So that makes people age a lot quicker too. He eventually got clean and he moved to New Orleans where he continued his life as a street musician and he ended up counseling other people. Um, So I'm glad it actually had a a happy ending, although although he's no longer uh, with us. But – he was just this guy who was wide open. Do you know what I mean? There's usually another word in there too, between the wide and the open. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but um, he introduced us to all the older bluesmen. He knew them all, and they all kind of they enjoyed him, slash put up with him. I mean, he was a nut, you know, but he was a good harmonica player, and. Um, he introduced us. When we, when we started to play with him, me and a couple of friends from college, he he gave us this, these cassettes, the Sonny Boy Williamson and, and Muddy Waters and Howlin' and Wolf. And he's just like, just listen to this and don't listen to anything else for the next two weeks, you know? Excellent. So it was kind of cool. Yeah.
0: Well, let's go ahead and hear our, our, our third oh. tune. Yeah. So uh,
1: I'll do something that kind of speaks to both the album that we've got out Um And also what we were talking about with the guitar, because I've tuned this thing to open G tuning while we were chatting, which allows me to play uh, slide guitar. Not that I can't play slide without the tuning, but I can accompany myself this way. So what I've tried to do is combine my interests in music and put a little bit of that delta sound Mm -hmm. with alternating thumb of the Piedmont sound and then mix in just a little bit of gospel I guess as well and this is called Lord have mercy all I do round here is pray Have mercy, all I do around here is pray. Lord, have mercy, all I do around here is pray. My eyes are on the prize, but I got little patience left today. Lord, have mercy, all I do around here is pray. new shoes I'm praying for forgiveness I'm praying for a friend praying is my business oh praying there's no end
0: well Lord
1: have mercy all I do around here is pray Lord have mercy Swiftly deliver it without delay Well, Lord, have mercy All I do around here is pray I'm gonna get me a golden telephone Only got one number But there's always someone home and I know they're listening Though they hardly ever speak Talking me about you make makeup. I'm praying for the word Praying things are ducky I'm praying to be heard Praying for a jukebox That plays all my requests Instead of asking favors I should be paying my respects Well Lord have mercy All I do around here is pray Lord have mercy But well, I got little patience left to do
0: That was veteran blues, roots, and folk singer-songwriter John Shane from his live in-studio performance here at WGCU back in September. You can check out more of his music on just about any subscription streaming platform you prefer, or learn more at johnshane.com. If you missed any of today's show, you can always hear episodes in their entirety on our website, wgcu.org gcl, or subscribe to our podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Our show today was produced by Jared Gonzalez and yours truly. Our director is Richard Chinqui. Our social media coordinator is Tara Calligan. For now, thanks for listening. I'm John Davis. This is WGCU-FM, Fort Myers 90.1, WMKO, Marco Island 91.7 FM. In PR for Southwest Florida.